0: On Jesus, we're going to be turning our Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to start here in chapter chapter 6. So I was going to show you the uh, uh, the Bible, uh, what's that called? The Bible uh, project. Bible Project video on the book of Deuteronomy. But for sake of time, I'm going to, I'm going to skip that because I think... We need to read more of scripture than watch videos, amen? But uh, uh, go ahead and, and view that on your own. It's a great, uh, great video on the Bible project, from the Bible project on De- the book of Deuteronomy. But What we're going to do today is summarize, kind of look at Moses' main sections here in the book of Deuteronomy. We're going to read from Deuteronomy chapter 6, and then we're going to read a chunk of scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 30 and we are going to hone in on Moses' main message about what it means to know God and listen to God and love God uh, from, from the book of Deuteronomy here. You know, the, the word Deuteronomy uh, means retelling, and it communicates this is a retelling of the law, but it means much more than just telling again. It's more about recommitting, or recovenanting, so to speak. And where we find the book of Deuteronomy is God had drawn His people out of uh, Egypt from the book of Exodus, and then creates a way in the book of Leviticus how a holy God could be in community with an unholy people, and that's the book of Leviticus. And then we see the people of God move from Egypt through to Mount Sinai, all the way through the desert in the book of Numbers, and we learn a lot about complaining, right? And rebellion and how, as people, our hearts are typically discontent. We typically, it's easy to complain, it's easy to whine about what we don't have instead of remembering and being grateful for what we do have. And that's very destructive to our minds and to our hearts. And what should have been about an 11-day journey from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land actually took who knows how long? 40 years, 40 years, so we, it's interesting how God could, if we were humble and obedient to Him, God could take us where He wants to take us in a pretty short amount of time, but instead we rebel and whine and want to go our own way and it takes us 40 years uh, and, an, and a new generation. So 40 years of wandering through the desert uh, and God still taking that desert time to communicate who He was, who He is. And so they get to uh, Moab, which is on the other side of the Jordan. And now uh, all of this generation, uh, because of their lack of faith, because of their doubt and their complaint and their rebellion, this whole generation had died off. And now they have the next generation. So in a way, it's like, let's take all the old people in our church, myself, you know, Tim Bernicke, who's older than me. And uh, you know, I'll, I could name a few more, but you know, it's going to start to get personal. Uh, So anyways, let's say this whole generation dies off, and we have the next generation. We have Lilia, and we have Jackson and Carter and Chase, all of our children. Now, the whole church is just you guys, and you're the leaders. How would that be? Sweet, huh? We can do it our way. Anyways, probably by that point you may not think that completely, a little bit. But anyways, so it's just Moses and Joshua and Caleb. Everyone else had died off, and it's, he's, Moses is communicating to the next generation. That's the book of Deuteronomy. What he communicates to them and pleads with them and charges them and commands them is what we have in the book of Deuteronomy. So it's a retelling of the law, but it's not just retelling, it's recommitting, Re-covenanting, that if you, God desires to bless you, to give you life, to take you into the promised land and establish this community to be, not just to bless you, but to be a blessing to all nations. So it's a continuance of uh, what he communicated to Abraham all the way back in Genesis chapter 12. I will bless you in order that you may be a blessing to the nations. And so the details of the blessing and curses, if they disobey, are all throughout here the book of Deuteronomy. So what we're going to read here is Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to read uh, about 15 or so verses here. So this is kind of the introduction and the thesis statement. And then we're going to skip to the conclusion. We're going to read uh, chapter 30. And then we're going to talk about listening and loving God. Listening to God and loving God, and then the message will be yours. So let's read here in Deuteronomy chapter 6, when Moses is, is attempting to communicate to the next generation. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all His statutes and His commandments, which I command you, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, When you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. Then it shall come about, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, which He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you great and splendid cities which you did not build, and houses full of all good things which you did not fill, and hewn cisterns which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees, which you did not plant. You think there's a theme here going on? And you eat and are satisfied, then watch yourself that you do not forget the Lord who brought you from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. You shall fear only the Lord your God and you shall worship Him and swear by His name You shall not follow other gods, any of the gods of the peoples who surround you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Otherwise, the anger of the Lord your God will be kindled against you and he will wipe you off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him at Massa. You should diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies, and his statutes, which he has commanded you. You shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with you, and you may go in and possess the good land, which the Lord swore to give your fathers, by driving out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has spoken. This is his thesis, that Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, is known as the Shema. Known as the Shema in Israel. It's a very important this prayer is prayed amongst the Jews twice a day. Hear, O Israel, listen, listen, O Israel, hear. The Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Now, the, the whole one thing, what does that mean? Basically, all the communities around the Israelites had multiple gods that they worshiped: gods of sex, wealth, sun, god, he's like, no. Our God is one God. He's the God of all gods. Amen? And worship Him only. Worship Him only. And to love Him. Now, to so love Him just a little bit, love Him just on Sunday morning for an hour and a half. No, love Him with all you got all of your heart, all of your feelings, all of your passions, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your thinking, all of your strength, all of your might. Love Him with all you have. Amen? And that is the greatest command. That's what Jesus said is is the greatest command, to worship God, to love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so this is where Jesus had His quiet time that day. No, this is what's true. This is what's right. This is the character of God. This is what it means to know God, that God loves you with all of His might. But he doesn't want a one-way relationship. If I'm going to love you, and I'm going to give you everything I have, including my only son, then I want you to love me. And that way we come together in mutual intimacy with wholehearted love. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so this is the thesis. And then he explains how to do that. And by the way... Let's not confuse the law. This is the law. We have a negative feeling a lot of times toward the law. The reason we have a negative feeling toward the law, the bottom line is this, is because all of us are rebellious. That's why, okay? It's not that we can't keep it. Now, we can't keep it. We're sinful nature. But that's not the point. The point is that we are rebellious. So if the sign says drive 55, what do I want to do? Push the pedal to the metal. That's what I want to do. Sign says, do not walk on the grass. What do I want to do? Well, why not? There, did it. And I'm guilty of this. You know, we went fishing last night, and I didn't have my fishing license yet. And I'm like, I want to fish, but I don't have my license. Lisa's Mike, Mike's not here, is he? (laughs) Mike Mike Winholz used to work for the DNR, so we always used to joke. Anyways, I said, just give me the pole. I just threw it out there a little bit and but then I saw a boat come up. Guess what I did? Carter, take the pole. (laughs) I feel guilty. Oh, I'm just rebellious, right? And I don't need to mention that I caught the biggest fish of the time. I mean, If I would have mentioned that, that would come across prideful and boastful and and, uh, you know I'd just be convicting myself because I was breaking the law as I was catching that fish, so I won't mention that at all. Okay, Deuteronomy, let's skip to Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. So this is the conclusion. Deuteronomy 30, verse 1. So it shall be when all of these things have come upon you. Oh, by the way, I, I need to finish my comment about the law okay the law is is good the law just means this is God's heart this is God's way for blessing if you do these things if as a community we obey the law we stop at the stop sign then that's going to mean good things for our traffic right if as a community we don't murder we don't commit adultery we tell the truth if as a, What if the whole city of Eau Claire would worship God with all their heart and have no other gods? You know, we just read the sentencing of um, Patterson in, in uh, the, the Jamie I mean, it's like, it's like, boy, what if the world was, was just rid of evil and obeyed God? Would we be more blessed or less? We need to be convicted about we. It's our rebellious nature. That's the problem with the law. Amen? It's not the law itself. And when God says, I command you to do something, he actually means do it. It's not the great suggestions or the great ideas for you to pontificate and argue over and talk around and call it Bible talk because we talk about the Bible. He said, teach them to obey. And we don't like the word obey because we have a rebellious nature But I'm sorry, get over it. When God says do something, do it. And Moses says, these are the commands I give you, which I am commanding you. Interesting, most of these are the commands of God, which I want to throw out as some nice ideas. Nope. As a faithful messenger, he says, these are the commands which I am commanding you. The Bible gives us that same commission as disciples. Go make disciples, teaching them to obey everything I am commanding you. You don't have the right as a disciple to soften God's commands and make them suggestions. Are you with me? They're not your commands. They're God's commands. Okay, let's, let's read Deuteronomy chapter. You know this preaching every other week thing. Just like, there's a lot that comes just needs to come out, okay? Anyways, so it shall be when all of these things have come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you. So the whole book of Deuteronomy is like, if you do this, you're going to be blessed. If you don't do this, you're going to be cursed. It's not that complicated. Now, we can't translate that into, oh, something bad happened to me today, so I'm cursed, so formulaic, legal. Does that, does that make sense? You can't translate it. It's talking about eternal blessings and eternal curses. Along the way of being blessed, sometimes your blessing is a trial. Sometimes your blessing is hurt feelings. I appreciate Carrie being honest about hurt feelings that she had even in the church. A lot of times we're like, oh, this leader hurt my feelings in the church. That's not right, I'm leaving the church. Wait a second, Moses didn't even get into the promised land because he sinned, he messed up, right? The church is made up of human beings. What humans beings do best is they hurt one another. Not best, they love one another, that's what they, but we are all fallen, therefore we will hurt each other. We will say things maybe that are insensitive or wrong or unbiblical. And you know what? we got to have the maturity to process these things without... To, oh, oh, I can't believe that that person calls themselves a Christian and acted that way. You know what? You call yourself a Christian and you act... That way too, maybe it's a different way, but you act a certain, are you with me there? So we got to be, so I appreciate Carrie's walking through that and processing that through her relationship with God, her own Bible study, amen? Okay. Oh man, I just, we just got to, let's read the Bible. Okay. And in call verse verse still in verse one, okay, and you call them to mind in all nations where the Lord your God has banished you, and you return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and soul, according to all that I command you today, you and your sons, then the Lord your God will restore you from captivity and have compassion on you. He knows that the Israelites will go astray. But he says, When you go astray and you're reaping the consequences of your choices, Come back. You can return and restore. This, that's, the second re, that's the second recommitting, the 2nd the recovenant. Does that make sense? Prodigal son went astray, but then he got convicted and he came home. And how did God respond? That's the book of Deuteronomy. Amen? That's encouraging. Restore you from captivity, have compassion on you, and will gather you again from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. If your outcasts are at the ends of the earth, from there the Lord your God will gather you back. From there he will bring you back. The Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart, the heart of your descendants, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul so that you may live. The Lord your God will inflict all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you, who persecuted you. And you shall again obey the Lord and observe all His commandments which I command you today. Then the Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand, in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your cattle, and in the produce of your ground. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good just as He rejoiced over your fathers. If you obey the Lord your God to keep His commandments and His statutes which are written in this book of the law, if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. For this commandment which I command you today, it's not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will go up to heaven for us and get it and make us hear it so that we observe it? Nor it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea for us to get it for us and make us hear it that we may observe it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth, and in your heart, that you may observe it. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity. And that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to keep His commandments and His statutes and His judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you are entering to possess it. But if your heart turns away and you will not obey, but are drawn away and worship other gods... And serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You will not prolong your days in the land where you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess it. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order to that excuse me, in order that you may live you and your descendants, by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, by holding fast to him, for this is your life and the length of your days, that you may live in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. Moses' conclusion. Guys, I want to try to summarize this by talking about one word. The first word in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, hear. Hear. Listen. Listen does not mean let sound waves come into your ears. Listen means a reverent response. A reverent response. A decision to obey out of love. Love. Listen and love are the two main words. But for sake of time, I just got to hold in on listen, okay? Mark chapter 4, verse 9, Jesus says, one of his favorite sayings, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Pretty sure everyone he was talking to had ears. But he's saying there's just very, very, very few of you that actually have ears to hear. And as today, as we listen to the holy word of God, all of us got ears. I don't see anyone who doesn't have ears in the room, but very few of us will listen. And the reason we don't listen is because we're distracted about what we're going to do later on, and we're talking to our neighbors in our minds, or we're giggling, or we're doing all kinds of silly things, not listening to God's Word. Okay? Listen is a reverent response. Listening is responding in obedience. I shared this analogy a couple weeks ago, but it literally got applause. That doesn't mean that's why I want to share it again. I want, it got applause because it's so true. Okay? So I'm going to share it again. So Christy, one of the things we do as a family is we try to have family dinners together. Amen? And so Christy was making dinner, and she's working hard this incredible blessing, amen, that she was going to give to the family. So then she said, okay, guys, Joel, Jackson, Carter, Jordan, dinner's ready. It's time to eat. Come to the table. Guess what happened? We all heard She made sure we heard with our ears, but who had a reverent response? Nobody, right? We always just like I'm on my phone listening, you know, whatever, doing my thing, right? And so, usually, typically, what happens is patient, kind, Christian like, okay, guys, food's getting cold. Okay, guys. Well, this time, I think the spirit of God came upon this woman. And she said it, no one. so she sat down with her amazing meal and she said her own prayer and she started eating by herself. <laughs> and I came out there after a few minutes, I was like, I saw her, eating. I'm like, oh, honey, what, what are you doing? We all eat together. She's like, I called, y'all had ears to hear, but no one listened. <laughs> And I'm not going to track you down to get you to eat food. I think this is, I think that was the, I I do think, and I was like, I went to the kids, I'm like, it's time to be humble, guys. (laughs) Okay, and and so we did come, but listen, God has incredible blessings in store. Plans, like Carrie, to, to prosper us. He had incredible blessing for his people To take them into the land, the food, the water, the cities, everything. He's like, and you didn't do it. I'm doing this for you, right? Okay. And he's like, but will anyone listen? Anyone actually listen to what I'm saying? That is the way into the blessing and the way the blessing passes through us. Why don't we listen? We could be deaf, we just could be deaf. Jeremiah 6, 10, spiritually deaf. To whom can I speak and give warning? Who will listen to me? Their ears are closed so they cannot hear. The word of the Lord is offensive to them. They find no pleasure in it. Okay? Proverbs 29, 10 says, He who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. There's times where are spiritually deaf. We don't even, we don't listen because we don't want to listen. We just want to go our own way. I want to do my own thing. I want to have my own pleasure. I, wanna, I, I think I got a better way than God about how to, ha- how to do marriage, how to raise a family, uh, how to live. Right? My, my, my formula for happiness. I, I got my own way. Thank you very much. Stay out of my business. That's largely the world today, guys. And make no mistake about it, it's Cursed. It's leading to death in a hand basket. Okay? Uh, but most of us, we don't want to be deaf. We struggle with that at times, but most of the times we're not, we're distracted. We're just distracted listeners. Mart, right? We're like Martha. I just got so much going on. I, I all the preparations that have to be made. I got work. I got this. You know, And distracted with all the good things that need to be done. I got Bible talk. I got uh, uh, ministry. I got church. I got midweek. I got so-and-so. And, these, and all of this happens so often and our minds are racing so quickly that we don't carve the time to stop, to Sabbath, to cease and listen. Please pray for me. I'm going this week as my one of... One, uh, six days in the woods in, in northern Michigan, right? The whole point is so I can stop and I can leave my phone here, I leave my computer here, I leave my my family here, I leave my people here, so I can get alone with God yeah. to listen. So please pray that I hear, that I have ears, because I need I I need help. Are you with me? Everything's just so hurried and and rambunctious in my mind, right? Slow down. Easy there, boy, son. Okay, phones these days, research shows that we check our phone every 10 minutes. I'd say that's a little low. I'd say it's probably more than that. A matter of us are struggling to get through this sermon so we can check our phone quick. Well, what's there, really? Okay, um, the answer is to carve out, carve out time to listen. Okay, I'm going to close with a few... How do we listen to God in new covenant times? So God says, You guys got to listen to me. Guys, listen, in the new covenant, we got two things besides these other things that even help us listen all the more. In 2 Peter chapter 1 says, We have everything we need for life and godliness. We have everything we need. We, though our tendency is to go astray, we don't have to stray. We don't have to stray. We can listen and obey. Number one, how do we listen to God in New Covenant times? Number one, fixate on the Son of God. Hebrews 12, verse 1, fix your eyes on Jesus. These people didn't have Jesus. We have Jesus. We have Jesus to look back on and to think about and to study and to see, hear his words, to see the character sketches, to hear his commands and his ways and what he did and how he responded, what made him angry, what made him sad, what made him happy, right? We have Jesus. Fix your eyes. On Jesus, Jesus' way, his character, his mind, his passion, his kindness, his gentleness, his truth, his sternness, his grace, his mission. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Secondly, soak in the word of God. Soak in God's word. Don't just read it for your little five minutes a day. Soak in it. Soak in it. Psalm 119, verse 18 through 21 says, Open my eyes and I may behold wonderful things from your law. I am a stranger on the earth; do not hide your commandments from me. My soul is crushed with longing after your ordinances at all time. Is your soul crushed with longing for the Word of God? I think we got a ways to go. I just can't. I can't wait to get to my Bible. I'm crushed with it. You rebuke the arrogant, the cursed who wander from your commandments. Every time someone gets with me, oh, I'm struggling, or I did this. I need to confess. I will always go back to, tell me about your times in the Word of God. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Never fails. Because the sin keeps you from the Word, but the Word keeps you from sin. Always that way, it is today, and it always will be. If you're straying from the Word... Get open about your sin first, then get your butt back to the Word of God. And I'm not talking a little casual reading. Stop! It's the Holy Word of God. Study it. Carve it out. Soak it in. Get other books. Get expensive Bibles. Get study Bibles. Invest into your study. You're soaking in the Scriptures. Thirdly, keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5, verse 25 says, If we live by the Spirit, we also walk by the Spirit. Let's not be boastful. Genuine envy, we want to keep in step with the Spirit? These people had the Spirit of God in the cloud and in the fire away from them. We have the Spirit of God inside our heart, inside our mind. And He is not leading us from astray. He's leading us from within in our consciences in the still small voice in the inclinations of the heart, are you keeping in step with him or are you compromising your conscience, searing it, because it's starting to scream out and you don't like what that has to say. Get open about your sin. Be honest. Don't be greedy. Don't lie. Don't whatever. And it's like pricking you, right? Keep in step with him. The spirit and lastly transparent with the community of God first John chapter 1 verse 5 transparency this is the message we've heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there's no darkness at all none no darkness in God if we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness we we lie and do not live by or practice the truth but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Transparency. You know, there's some things that I was really wrestling with. Um, really, it was, I was having levels of emotion. I was troubled. I didn't know the answer. I was wrestling with God but I couldn't come to a conclusion where I was at peace about with how to handle a certain situation and it, within myself. And so I was like, you know what? This is where I need the community of God. I talked to Christy about it. I was like, man, I just want to be transparent with what's going on internally, how I'm feeling. I talked to the core leaders about it, and it was hard because it was vulnerable. You guys know when a, you ever tried the there's no convenient time excuse? <laughs> Who's tried that one? Listen, there is no convenient time. So why don't you get enough conviction about yourself to say, hey, guys, I need to talk about something. Okay. Amen? So I said, okay, guys, I need to talk about something. And I shared what was going on internally my wrestling. And feelings started to come. I know that's shocking. I was like, oh, no, put those down. It's like, you know, there they are. And, and boy, the, the reflection was so good. What Chris said, I shared with another outside Church leader in the Midwest, and got his perspective and advice. And then I went to a funeral uh, in Minneapolis, where and there's men, people who have known me for the last 27 years, inside and out. And one of the old guys in fellowship came up to me. He's like, "Hey, Joel, how's it going with this situation? I know you're in." I'm like, eh, "How do you? What do you who you? To, who told you? <laughs> right?" But that's the spirit. That's the community of God acting like the community should. And I said, actually, I've been, I would love to talk about it. He said, tell me. And he he knew the situation, and he gave me something amazing. And all of a sudden, this all started to line up. What the core leader said, what Chrissy said, it all started to to line up. And then I got with um, one of my lifelong friends, Steve Payne, during the conference, hey, I want to get your input. That's called getting many advisors using the community. And it all lined up. And I'm so at peace about this situation now. I have direction, I have clarity. That's uh, being transparent with God's community. How about you? Are you transparent? That means no one's surprised by what's going on the, on the inside. What's going on the inside is the same thing that's going on the outside because you're communicating it. And you don't make, don't, don't make them play battleship, you know, discipling. Uh, E1, shh, miss. Um, impurity, nope. Hope he doesn't ask about anger. Uh, greed, Miss. <laughs> so you're doing good then. Sure. <laughs> Got out of that one. Right? You break. Sorry. It's not E1, but it is E4. Yeah. Yeah. Hit. Convicted. Cut. Amen? Um, is your conscience clear? Are you open with your family, your discipleship partners? Is the community Really, the community. Or are you wandering ever so slowly? Listen, if you ever want a curse in your spiritual life, it's called wandering and getting astray, getting alone. And if right now you're thinking, why is he looking right at me? Maybe that's the spirit. Right? I mean, I, I can look at you, but Jesus is looking at you. Okay, we're done, guys. (laughs) Have you strayed? Have you wandered? Then this is the message, because this is the time to come home. This is the time of the retelling, the recommitting, the recovenanting. Maybe you've never come home, and it's time to study the Bible and and decide, I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus. If you've never really studied the Bible and learned what it really means to be a disciple, you need to grab your friend you're you're whatever, you say, will you teach me to study the Bible? I want to learn how to be a wholehearted, follower of Jesus, not just some half-hearted religious person like I've been my whole life. If you've strayed, you've done that, but you've strayed, time to come back, time to recommit, time to open up, right? Time to confess, time to listen. Don't miss the amazing dinner of blessing because you're on your phone! Put your phone down. Let's come to the table and respond in obedience. Choose life, and let's enter the promised land together. Amen?